The Ordinary Discussion Podcast. And it actually means unfit to bear arms or unprepared for battle. Mm. So in light of that, I love thinking about this and milk versus meat um, in comparison to Ephesians 6, where he talks about the armor of God and putting on the armor of God and arming yourself for battle every day. And it talks about the Bible being the sword of the spirit. And so if you are unprepared or unfit to bear arms and unprepared for battle, I mean, you're not even ready yet to, to carry that sword um, and to bear the word of God. And so I think that that is just an awesome, um, an awesome thing to know and how, and finding that connection there between, um, you know, just growing strong in the Lord and putting on the armor of God and being able to fight every day. When we go in unprepared, you know, we're just leave ourselves open to the attacks of Satan and all of his, you know, arrows that he can throw at us. Hello, Jeremy McCommons here with the Ordinary Discussions podcast. Thanks for tuning in to watch on YouTube or for listening on your favorite podcast platform. Today, Emily Webb, the director of Ordinary Women, and myself are discussing the topic of milk versus meat. <laughs> yeah, you may be wondering what that means. Well, in Hebrews uh, 5.12, the writer of Hebrews, uh, which some believe is the Apostle Paul, says, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. And then Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.1, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food. And so in this podcast, we'll discuss the words of Paul and how it relates to us today, the importance of studying the Word of God, and the fact that many of us should be acting out on our faith, yet we are acting as mere infants. Ooh. I know, that's tough. <laughs> but the good news is that all of this is easy to change, and this podcast will help you in that journey. So if you're enjoying the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube or rate us and subscribe on the podcast listening platform that, that you enjoy the most. We also love comments, welcome questions and encouragement, and also would love for you to share the podcast with your friends via text, however you do that, or social media. That would be great. We'd love to get the word out about the podcast because the podcast is getting the word of God out. So without further ado, thanks so much for listening and enjoy the podcast. All right, let's do this. Emily Webb, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Good, good. It's good to see you. You too. So uh, if you don't know, Emily is the director of Ordinary Women. So we are doing podcast on each session of Ordinary Men and Ordinary Women. And so this will be session three. And uh, that is titled Milk versus Meat. So I'm really excited about it. I say that every time. So, uh, <laughs> it, but, but this is a, a passion of mine, what we're doing. And I just want to point out that even though if you hear this and you're like, oh, they're just doing, uh, they're going through each session. This isn't relevant to me. I'm just, a, um, you know, I just listen for enjoyment or entertainment. This will be relevant for you. It's conversational. We're not going to go through the book like question by question. We're really just going to talk, talk about a topic and talk about what uh, God has put on our heart around that topic, which just so happens to be this session. And so uh, I would encourage anyone, if you've been through Ordinary Men or Women, if you haven't been through it, if you're going through it, it's a great uh, preface to to your study and something you can listen to, uh, not 
cliff notes, right, Emily? I mean, this is just something to <laughs> listen to in preparation for for your 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 group uh, coming up. So, uh, hopefully, you guys find it relevant. So, Emily, how you been? I've been well. Yeah. It's actually really warm today here in Virginia. Surprisingly, it's surprisingly warm here in Colorado too. We like it. It, it like we've had we have no snow at all, like none. It's I, yes, I've heard that. Yeah. So. As much as that concerns me because, you know, snow is our lifeline for the summer and mm-hmm. it fills our rivers and really the whole West relies on the mountains of Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, um, Utah to provide water. So it's a little scary, but I think it'll all work out. Um, and I'm just trying to enjoy the the nice weather instead of worry about why we're not. I know. It. Well, hey, let's dive into this milk versus meat. Uh, it's an interesting topic. And we'll just start with uh, a quote that's in that's in our study guide. This is our, our study guide is kind of behind us. You can see it. Uh, it's a little different now. Uh, we we've expanded it a bit. It's a little wider than the one behind me. But uh, so if you're watching on online, you can see that on YouTube. There's a there's a quote from Dr. Vernon McGee, which I I love Vernon McGee. Yeah. And speaking of which, since we're talking about milk versus meat, it's a great study guide um, and a great way to dig into the Word of God. Is he has a uh, a Bible series called Through the Through the Bible by Vernon McGee. Looks like an encyclopedia, uh, yeah. and it is a little, it's as big as an encyclopedia. A little it's, daunting. It's a little daunting until you get involved in it. And so I read a chapter in the Word or two, uh, usually just one chapter, and then a chapter of his commentary. And the way that his commentary is broken down, it's just really common sense and and it's like, uh, he's like a country bumpkin guy. He's, he's, uh, he makes it really easy for me to understand it. So, man, having that has really increased my, my knowledge of the word. Um, so I'd highly recommend it. Through the Bible, Vernon McGee. Mm-hmm. So his quote is, In my opinion, the greatest sin in the church of Jesus Christ in this generation is ignorance of the word of God. And so that really brings us into our topic, which is milk versus meat. Milk versus meat is all about... Uh, our spiritual growth and understanding and and growing uh, not only in knowledge of the word but also in intimacy with Jesus. Emily, lead us off. What do you got? Um, so I know we're not going to go through it, but I do love the the verse in Hebrews. And if you wouldn't mind us going through that just a little bit. Oh no no, I off. I plan to go through it. I just wanted listeners to know it's not going to be like if you don't have the book in front of you, it'll still be relevant. Like I want to. There's high points that I want to hit. Okay, great. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's not, that's how I want to start it. Yeah, good, 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 good. Okay, so I'm just going to read, uh, it's Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. I'm going to start, I'm going to read it. And it says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching of about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. I feel like this verse sums up the entire chapter perfectly. And I think, you know, that I'm, uh, Chad calls me a wordsmith, (laughs) like love words. I love what they mean. I love, I love reading the Bible and digging in and finding out what words actually meant when it was written. So I don't know if you know this or not, but this really helped my understanding of this verse and this whole chapter as a whole. So in that verse, the word infant, um, so it says anyone who lives on milk being still an infant. 
That word infant in the Greek is uh, nepios, and it actually means unfit to bear arms or unprepared for battle. Mm. So in light of that, I love thinking about this and milk versus meat um, in comparison to Ephesians 6, where he talks about the armor of God and putting on the armor of God and arming yourself for battle every day. And it talks about the Bible being the sword of the spirit. And so if you are unprepared or unfit to bear arms and unprepared for battle, it means you're not even ready yet to, to carry that sword um, and to bear the word of God. And so I think that that is just an awesome, an awesome thing to note and how, and finding that connection there between, you know, just growing strong in the Lord and putting on the armor of God and being able to fight every day. When we go in unprepared, you know, we're just leave ourselves open to the attacks of Satan and all of his, you know, arrows that he can throw at us. So anyway, I think that to me was a huge revelation and something that helped kind of bring it all together. Yeah, that's great. I, um, there's another part of that verse I want to hit on in just a minute. Yeah, that, yeah. that uh, really sticks out to me. I, I have it highlighted, but then in pen, I have it underlined yeah. uh, this one part, which we'll hit on. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the reason where we have this session and this discussion in ordinary men and ordinary women is because um, as, as God was kind of downloading what this was supposed to look like uh, to me, I, there was an obvious issue within the Christian culture. And the issue that I, I feel like, well, I don't feel like I, I know it exists, is that we have grown, I'll talk about men, because I leave ordinary men, right? So maybe <laughs> I can talk a little a little more stern towards men. We're high challenge, high grace, remember that. But we are high challenge. And and so was, so was Paul. I mean, he says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. An exclamation point after it. Like Paul right. wasn't like he pulling punches. Yeah. He yeah. was, he was just like, you guys, you suck. <laughs> like you should be, you suck on a bottle <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, anyhow, uh, 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 um, but no, he was, he was, he was very direct and I, and I'll be really direct with our listeners and, uh, a lot of Christians out there. And that is we're going to church once a week some places they still go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. So maybe you're going more. But either way, we're going to church, and we think that's where we're fed. Now, of course, I'm fed at church. I, there's there's things that um, I learn at church, and <clears throat> I'm I am fed at church. But that's like supplemental feeding for me. Right. It's not my source of food. And when our our source of food is going to church and being fed once a week, th- that's when you're on the milk, right? It's like man, you, you have to take ownership. And we talk about that as, as in our definition of mm-hmm. being a disciple is we want to disciple people and, and show them to follow Christ and obey his commandments and follow his, and follow his lifestyle and, and, and teach them to take ownership of their faith so that they don't have to rely on us and they don't have to rely on their pastor. Now they still need they still need those people in their lives, but they're not reliant on it to go out and make disciples themselves. And I think that's what Paul's saying. He's really frustrated. He's like, guys, you should be teachers by now. You right. should be preachers by now. But you still need somebody to teach you elementary truths. And I see that so evident in today's uh, in today's culture, Christian culture. And and that's where this this session comes from. And it's really kind of a a kick in the pants of saying, hey, where do you where do you stand? Are, are you going to church to be fed and that's it? Are mm-hmm. you 
Uh, do you think that your only your only growth spiritually or understanding of the word is is the responsibility of someone else? Because if it is, you're missing it, right? And and we need to take ownership of it. And that brings me to that second part of that verse, which is verse 14. Right. So he says, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. And this is it. He says, but solid food is for the mature. And so what do the mature do? Who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, he didn't say, so by constantly going to church and hearing a pastor. And he didn't say by having a trainer uh, work out for them, right? And that's what we, I think we go to church nowadays and we, it's like, uh, it'd be like going to the gym and hiring a trainer and saying, hey, can you do these squats and these lunges and, and these hip thrusters and all these other things? Can you do all that? I, and, and then it's like, I expect to be in shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Paul says, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Yeah. So absolutely, I'm not diminishing hear me. I'm not diminishing a pastor. I'm not diminishing a teacher. I highly value pastors and teachers in my life, mentors, all of those things. But until I decided, and it is a decision, it's a decision that everybody listening can make, man or woman, child, teenager, it's a decision all of us can make. Until I decided that I was going to own the fact that the only way that I was going to truly know God and know his word was to take ownership of it and train myself daily and constantly, that's the, that's the only time it really happened. And so that's what this study is about, is how can we, how can we encourage men and women, right, to say, I, I need to take ownership in this area. No, I agree. And that is exactly what I have underlined and circled and written in my book and go back to time and time again. It's that constant use and training yourself. And so as a fitness trainer, like it speaks to me <laughs> very much yeah. in the physical sense too, you know, just thinking about like, how are you ever going to, you know, get better at anything by sitting on your couch? I mean, you have to be able to go and train yourself properly and lift the weights and run the miles and put in the work or you're never going to get better. And it's the same thing with our spiritual walk. If you're not putting in the work and you're not building those spiritual muscles, then you're just going to remain weak and, um, and incapable of fighting all of the spiritual battles that we face. Yeah. It's, it's, we actually, it's in the book I wrote while few things in our spiritual journey will be formulaic. This is one exercise that is, that if practiced is guaranteed to reap results. The formula is simple. Spending personal time studying and learning God's truth regularly will lead to greater knowledge of an intimacy with Jesus. And so I think that's important to point out too as we as we talk through this is that it's not about becoming extremely knowledgeable, mm-hmm. right? Because Paul talks about that knowledge puffs up, right? And it can it can create an ego in us. It it's it's spiritual knowledge. It's knowledge of the word of God so that why? So that I can grow intimate with Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. the scripture is God breathed. It's from him. The more I know the word of God, the more I know of him and the more intimate I can become with him. So the purpose isn't so that we can sit, we can walk around and feel good about ourselves and puffed up and oh, I know, I know a lot. Cause I, I tell you, I really think those people, Paul would be like, yeah, it doesn't sound like it, but you're on milk because in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers and need someone to teach you the elementary truth. 
And, and what I mean by that is I know so many people that just have so much knowledge of the word, right? But I, but they're not discipling anyone. Well, it's like training for a marathon and never lacing up your shoes and going to the starting line, right? That's right. Yeah. Training for yourself, but what are you doing with it? That's what I love about ordinary men and women is what we are saying is we're going to train ourselves up, but it's not so that we can just feel good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have a purpose behind it. Like, I always think about that. Like, if I'm doing something, what is the purpose of me doing? There's always a greater, like, I don't go to the gym. I was just telling you that I just got back from the gym. I don't go, I didn't go to the gym today uh, just so that I could go to the gym and say I worked out. I did it so that when we do get snow, I can ski. And <laughs> when I want to do things outside and be active, I can, I can do those things, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. always a purpose. So I think we have to ask ourselves when we're studying the Word of God, why are we studying it? Like, why are we going to a Bible study? Why are we going to this thing to get more knowledge? Because if it's just to get more knowledge, then let's just stop doing it, and let's start doing something with it. I heard it said once, it's a quote, and I don't remember who it was, but uh, it says, spiritual maturity is not measured by what you know, but what action you've taken with what you've known. So I, 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 that's challenging to me because it, it, it means that someone could know 10% of what I know, but is 100% action-oriented with the 10% he knows, and he's more spiritually mature than me. Like, that's, that's, yeah. that's interesting. You know, I've been a Christian for so many years, and I do feel like sometimes when you're around baby Christians, they're so passionate and they're so excited and they're so ready to just share God with everybody they meet, you know? And I feel like sometimes when you've been in it a while there, you go through these peaks and then, and then through these valleys where it just becomes, you become a little numb to God's goodness. God's goodness. It's like, okay, you know, I know for myself, this is how I am. <laughs> and so it just, it's like, it loses its luster a little bit. And it takes being around someone like that sometimes for me to realize, okay, why are they like that? And they've only known the Lord for, you know, a month and I've known the Lord for 30 some years and I'm not just spreading his name everywhere. You know, it's, it could, it's very convicting. So you're right. Faith in action. Yeah. This milk versus meat. Really the purpose of this is I want to talk about the topic, but I want to make sure that we we drive home the the main purpose of what we're trying to get across to participants and leaders. And, you know, there's a quote that I think really ties this all together really well. It's a quote I used in business a lot, but it fits very well into this as well. It's uh, by Jim Rohn. It says, a formal education will make you a living. A self-education will make you a fortune. And I can say this with all certainty that my formal education of high school and business degree, a double major at James Madison University, really is not what helped me in business. I mean, yeah, it got me to, it got me my first job. <laughs> now I don't, I'm unemployable, I think. But um, it got me my first job, and it probably gave me some confidence. But it wasn't until I took responsibility and started reading books on my own and I would devour books. Like it was, it was like, I just wanted all the knowledge I can get. Right. And I'm kind of there again, I'm chasing this new dream, <laughs> this new dream in my life. We don't have to talk about it, but I'm just in this mode of, of consuming information right now. Like, I just want to learn it all. I want to know everything I can possibly know about this thing so that I can be as successful as absolutely possible in it. And, uh, that's the self-education piece. And so the self-education in, in my business practice and in my um, 
uh, goal to build wealth really was 99% of my success. <clears throat> it wasn't a conference I went to, or it wasn't somebody speaking or a podcast I listened to. It was something that I really, and that's part of self-education, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I feel like that's very true as we walk out our, our faith is a lot of us rely on this formal education. I'm going back to this. Uh, we listen to sermons and we want everybody to download this information to us. You know, we want Moses to come off the hill and tell us what God said. But we live in a time that is so special and precious that Jesus died on the cross and the veil was torn. And we can go boldly before him. We don't need Moses to tell us what God wants to say to us. We don't need the high priest to go in and tell us what God said. We can boldly go ourselves. And man, I think we're so many of us are so reliant on everyone else to feed us what God wants to tell us when the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. And the Holy Spirit wants to speak to me. And I think because we so rely on this formal education thought or this we need somebody to, to tell us what to do, that we miss out because when we get in the Word of God and we spend time in prayer and we spend time in the Word of God, that's when the Holy Spirit speaks to me the most. That's when mm -hmm. He really imparts things in me that I would never get otherwise. And, um, yeah, so I love that quote. Yeah, that's a good one. Any other thoughts? Can we talk a little bit about First Peter 2 and the difference? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the way he uses the word milk? Yeah, I think that's important because it, it is used. In First Corinthians, it's used. It's first. It's used kind of in a negative sense. And in this, in First Peter, it's used. Yeah, in First Corinthians 2, or sorry, 3.1, he says, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, so you were not, for you were not ready for it. And so once again, he's like, man, I, I can only give you the milk. Like, you need to mature up so I can give you the meat. But then Second right. Peter, uh, it's interesting because he, go ahead. It says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. And I, I mean, I love this verse so much because there's so many, there's so many parts to it. And I think like as a mom, I think back to when my kids were infants and just knowing a, that that milk was like their lifeline. They lived for it. I mean, they had to have it. It was what kept them alive. And number two, just how often they had to be fed. You know, like it wasn't like they drank milk once and then they were good. It was constant feeding multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. And so I think about that, even with us, like, am I relying even on that one time in the morning when I spend time with the Lord, or am I constantly going back to him in prayer throughout the day? Am I constantly meditating on his word? Am I constantly serving others and loving on people and discipling? Like I should be, you know, just like those babies who need that nourishment multiple, multiple times a day. Yeah, I, I, that's good. And we actually talk about it in the, in the session is we, we point out the difference between Paul is saying, I can only give you the milk. And then Peter is saying, you need to crave the milk. And we need to understand the difference in that is that Paul is saying that you need to take ownership and you need to mature in yourself. But the only way that you're going to do that is based on what Second Peter says is like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, mm -hmm. right? And so, man, I agree with you. That 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 thought of if, if you're listening and have had kids or have grandkids, you know, like especially if you're not the mom, right? 
it, you are helpless. Like they, when they are, when they want the milk, that it, it is done. Like you, you have, you're dead to them. Like, right. um, and, and it's a very helpless moment for a father, but man, to, to be like that in our, in our hunger for the word of God, you know, to be yeah. like that in the hunger for, for his truth and, and righteousness. And so, it's not that the milk is wrong. It's that we need to mature past the milk at some point. And we only do that through taking ownership of it ourselves. Yeah. And one more important thing that I love in that verse, I love, um, he uses the word crave. Like we should crave that milk. And in order to crave something, you have to know what it tastes like, Mm. you know, like you have to have had it once before, so that you want it again. So if you've ever tasted it, if you, I love, you know, Psalm 34, eight, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you've never experienced the Lord, then you don't know, you don't know to crave it. It's not there. You've got to start somewhere. Well, he says it right there in the verse, verse three says, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. (laughs) So good. Also there. Also there. Um, So, well, that's great. You know, I mean, I don't have a lot more to say. Um, I thought we would kind of close with some practical ways of that people could could do this, could start growing in their in their pursuit of of understanding of the word and their time with the Lord. And so, if do you have anything else to add before we go there? No, that's fine. We can move on. Yeah. So, do you have any practical tips for? someone listening that's like, yeah, I, I mean, I've spent my whole life just kind of going to church and, and just listening to the pastor. I don't even know, I don't even know where to start. Like, what do I do? Yeah. So I think in a very practical level on a very basic level, we are blessed to live in a time where there are many resources at our disposal. I love to point people to the first 15 app. It's a great starting place for somebody who is not, you know, who feels intimidated by opening their Bible and just picking somewhere to start. I mean, if you do that, I would suggest starting in John, but if you need uh, something to kind of help you get started and get into the rhythm of spending time with the Lord, the first 15 takes you through um, prayer. It takes you through worship and it takes you through the Bible. Um, So I think it's a great a great starting point. I journal, um, when I spend time with the Lord, I also try and, um, I'm not good at sitting still and listening. And so after my prayer time, I'll try to set a timer, uh, just so that I know, okay, I'm going to sit here for five minutes and just listen and be still and be quiet and hear what the Lord has to say to me. So that's a good thing to do as well. And then, I mean, if you are familiar with the Bible, but you're just not good at, you know, reading it on your own, start in John. It's a great place to start. Um, read through the gospels, get to know who Jesus was. That's going to help you in your relationship with him. Yeah, it's great. That, Jay? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to talk a lot about this in a future session on intimacy, mm-hmm. but that's okay. We can kind of talk about it twice, but cause I'll give some of the same advice, but, uh, first off, I agree with you. Um, there's a lot of resources, so really, we're living a day and age where we have very little excuse, and that just shows um, as well that information doesn't doesn't transform, <laughs> because we live in a day and age where people have more information than they've ever had, and I see I, I don't know if this is accurate, but I feel like I see less transformation happening. That's obviously what we're fighting against here is is we want to see people transformed through intimacy with Jesus and relationship with Him, and so. Uh, I would say this, I'll, I'll start with, there's, there's something that I would not do. 
and Emily, you may disagree with me. Some people, a lot of people may disagree with me on this and, and that's fine, but I, I feel pretty strongly about it. And that's, I would not do a devotional. I, I feel like that is still somebody feeding you milk. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with devotionals. Uh, in fact, I've thought about starting a devotional from time to time. It's not like they're bad. I just feel like that's still relying on someone else to feed you. And I think, I don't think, I know, like the, the entire word of God is what we need. We don't need a couple of scriptures and then somebody telling me what God imparted in them on that scripture. Like, uh, that's great. It's not bad. It's just not what I, I don't think that is the meat of what Paul mm-hmm. is talking about. I think that's still being fed the milk. And so the only way that you can really hear from God and, and, and read the scripture and then, and then take it and apply it in your conversations with other people and apply it in discipleship and, and apply it in your life. Uh, you can, in some ways, do it through a devotional, but I think being in the entire Word of God is very valuable, very valuable. And mm-hmm. so I'll go back to what I said in the beginning. Find, find a, um, a resource like Vernon McGee through the Bible, uh, for me, was, was life-changing. It was given to me by a very successful uh, CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Uh, he gives it to people. He said it transformed his faith. Uh, he gave it to a man, you may have heard of him, named Joe Gibbs. <laughs> Joe Gibbs Racing. <laughs> Joe Gibbs, the, the football coach that won the Super Bowl with the, with the Washington Redskins. According to him, which I, I'm sure he's telling me the truth, Joe, Joe Gibbs says it transformed his understanding of the word. And, and Joe Gibbs' a son and, and this, this gentleman's son. And, and so Carlos was, I mean, uh, a really blessing to give it to me. So it, it's just, it, it, allows, it allows you to read the word of God and then read it's not, not a concordance. What am I trying to say? What, what is it? It's a, um, a um, commentary. Commentary. And it's not, it's not necessarily like a devotional, somebody saying, hey, here's the scripture and here's the application. of it. It's less of that. It's more saying, hey, when you read about this thing in Jesus's life here, uh, you can also turn back to, I, I don't know, Genesis or mm-hmm. Exodus. And this is fulfillment of a prophecy there. So it allows the whole, the word of God, that Old Testament, New Testament to come together and it just it just increases your understanding in in a way that I think is very valuable. So I mean that would be because I know what worked for me, and I can only go off of what was very beneficial for me. I would say set a time for me. It's morning. I think for most people it's morning. Set a time where there's less distractions. Get in the Word of God. Get a commentary. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in meditation. And I think this is really important. You said it earlier. You talked about building muscle. I've heard John Chandler say that you got to build the build spiritual mm-hmm. muscle. There, there's a really good chance when you start, it's going to feel very dry, and you're going to feel like you're checking the box, you're being legalistic, you're just doing something to do it. But guess what? Uh, there's nothing that you start in life that doesn't feel that way. Going right. to the gym does not feel good in the beginning. <laughs> uh, starting a new routine, almost any new routine, does not feel good in the beginning. But then, like, you're a runner, Emily, I'm not, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I cycle, so I get it from that. Now it's like when I first, the spring of every year when I start cycling, it's miserable. But, by, but a month in, now I get these endorphins, and it's like I can't wait to cycle, right? Right. It's so, that's the craving, right? Yeah, that's it. And that's what yeah. I want to see people get. That's yeah. what I want to see. 21 days, that's how long it takes to form a habit. So give it 21 days. I've heard 14. 21 days it's, it's actually 21. Is it? Okay. I have to tell who, who says 14. It's, um, 
Zig Ziglar. It, Zig Ziglar, I think, it, says Yeah, 14. it used to be 14. Then they like redid the study and realized that actually takes 21 days that most people after 14 were not sticking to it. It probably takes me like 40. <laughs> For, I don't think 21's doing it, but I, I got to really, I got to muscle through it sometimes. But boy, it has changed my life. And I think you would agree, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Guys and ladies, I hope this was uh, helpful for you. I hope it challenged you, but I hope it encourages you as well. I hope that something that was said today will it will cause you to change the way that you're walking out your faith. If you're somebody that's already spending time in the Word, maybe it's going to encourage you to spend more time in the Word, to to pray for that craving. Maybe you're spending time in the Word, but you're not spending time in meditation to listen to that still small voice uh, that I read about today, actually, in my quiet time about Elijah and uh, the still small voice of God. And so whatever whatever that is, I just, our hope and prayer is not to discourage anyone, not to beat anybody up, but it is to, it is to hit things straight on and call it what it is. And I just hope and pray that we can we can change the culture within Christianity that we're not reliant on just one person to feed us, but we we become active in feeding ourselves. So any final thoughts before we close out, Emily? Grow up in your faith. Come on. Grow up. <laughs> Grow. I feel like we need to toughen up at the end. Said like a true mother. Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Until next time, hope you enjoyed this. Hey, make sure you like and 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 all that good stuff. Uh, our podcast. And if you have any questions or comments uh, and you're listening on YouTube, please uh, comment and we'll get right back to you. Any questions we'll add, or if you have any suggestions for the podcast, we'd appreciate that. So thanks so much for listening. See ya. Bye.